Welcome to Let's Review RN. My name is Bryn O'Donnell, and I'm a certified adult and geriatric nurse practitioner. I work as a cardiology APN and function as a visiting professor and clinical instructor for a BSN program. This is an independent production by myself, and I am not representing any educational institution. My goal is to deliver a condensed but robust review on topics primarily discussed in Adult Health 1 and 2 and some pieces of pharmacology of a bachelor degree nursing program. Over the years, I've learned that students have an immense amount of confusion and questions when they leave didactic, which makes applying what they are learning nearly impossible to the clinical setting. I want to break down the basics so that you can continue to build upon your knowledge and put the pieces together. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Let's Review RN. On today's podcast, we will be talking about diabetes insipidus, also referred to as DI. This disorder can trip people up because of the word diabetes in the name, but it does not have anything to do with the insulin production or our blood glucose levels. Um, It is a hormonal disorder that results from low levels of ADH, antidiuretic hormone, which is also known as vasopressin. Low levels of ADH results in excessive urine output and dehydration leading to severe thirst. I'll dive into the pathophysiology, the causes, the signs and symptoms, the treatment, and the nursing interventions for patients experiencing diabetes insipidus. To begin, let's review the action of ADH and where it is produced and secreted within the body. Antidiuretic hormone, also known as ADH, is responsible for the regulation of water in the body. It also plays a role in vasoconstriction. It is produced in the hypothalamus and then stored and secreted by the posterior pituitary gland. It achieves homeostasis of fluid levels in the body by acting on the kidneys, which responds to the release of ADH. If you can remember what ADH stands for, it will tell you a lot about how it acts in the body. Anti-diuretic, meaning it will act opposite of a diuretic. If we remember, diuretics cause us to excrete excess fluid. And an antidiuretic will do the opposite, promoting your kidneys to hold on to water. So when you have more antidiuretic hormone being released, it signals to the kidneys, specifically the renal tubules, to hold on to more fluid. When you have very little ADH circulating, the renal tubules will excrete excess water. It can be tricky to remember SIADH or diabetes insipidus causes and which one causes increased or decreased levels of ADH. I like to remember SIADH, which stands for Syndrome of Inappropriate Antidiuretic Hormone, as Syndrome of Increased Antidiuretic Hormone to help me remember that it is a condition that has increased ADH levels, and then I can easily remember that diabetes insipidus is opposite. There are many different causes of diabetes insipidus, and usually the cause stems from either damage to the kidneys or damage to the pituitary gland or hypothalamus itself. The damage to hypothalamus would cause an interruption in the production of ADH itself, and damage to the pituitary gland could interfere with the secretion of ADH. Tumors or infection of the pituitary gland can play a role in reducing the secretion of ADH, therefore leading to diabetes insipidus. Damage to the kidneys themselves, such as chronic kidney disease, can interfere with the response of the kidneys to ADH being released. 
In this case, there's not a problem with the actual production and secretion of ADH, but the kidneys themselves are not responsive to the hormone, and therefore they do not appropriately respond and reabsorb fluid when ADH is present, leading to diabetes insipidus. Causes of diabetes insipidus can be genetic disorders and a response to medications such as antiviral medications. Also, declomycin, which is a medication used to treat SIADH and reduce the production of antidiuretic hormone, can cause diabetes insipidus. Remember, when we are treating a hormonal disorder, we can overshoot the correction and cause other problems. Declomycin is actually an antibiotic. It is used, it, it is a tetracycline and it's used to treat SIADH and we can inadvertently cause diabetes insipidus if there's too great of a response to trying to reduce ADH production. Pregnancy is also another cause of diabetes insipidus and this is referred to as gestational diabetes insipidus and this occurs when the placenta actually produces vasopressinase which is an enzyme that metabolizes ADH and reduces renal sensitivity to ADH. In turn, this causes low levels of antidiuretic hormone and any that has not been metabolized by the enzyme vasopressinase is not seen by the kidneys due to this reduced sensitivity. This occurs most often in the third trimester. When we think of signs and symptoms that patients will present with who have diabetes insipidus, these symptoms will be related mostly to fluid depletion. The patient is producing and or secreting low amounts of ADH, so they have very little antidiuretic hormones circulating in the bloodstream, and the kidneys see low ADH levels as a sign to get rid of excess fluid. This will cause the, cause the patient to urinate a significant amount. Patients have been noted to urinate up to 20 to 24 liters in a day with diabetes insipidus. Bedwetting is often seen in pediatric patients with diabetes insipidus because they are urinating so frequently. Their urine will be diluted and have a low specific gravity. Because of this fluid depletion, the patients will become dehydrated and have signs and symptoms of dehydration such as dry mucous membranes, increased thirst known as polydipsia, weight loss, decreased skin turgor, and elevated sodium levels known as hypernatremia. Patients will also experience hypotension due to fluid depletion, which results in low vascular volume, causing low blood pressures. Also, ADH plays a role in vasoconstriction, and therefore, since we have low ADH levels, we do not have that added vasoconstriction in these patients. To paint a picture, I like to picture these patients as having salty blood and watery urine, which will help you to visualize the symptoms that are associated with diabetes insipidus. They are urinating excessively, which leaves them with this salty blood due to the hypernatremia, which is elevated sodium levels, and watery urine due to the excessive urination. Now let's talk about treatment and nursing interventions for the patient who has diabetes insipidus. For nursing management of the patients with DI, we want to focus on early detection, maintaining adequate hydration, and education for our patients. A therapeutic goal for these patients is maintaining fluid and electrolyte balance. In mild cases of SIADH, diabenese can be utilized. Now, diabenese is a sulfonylurea, and that's used to treat type 2 diabetes. 
Now remember, diabetes mellitus and diabetes insipidus are two completely different disorders. Diabetes insipidus has to do with low levels of ADH, and diabetes mellitus has to do with increased circulating blood glucose and poor insulin response. But in this case, diabetes also has the property that increases ADH. Now, with this medication, we have to monitor and watch for hypoglycemia, as it also has properties that lower blood glucose levels, and it also has high risk for photosensitivity. Second option for treatment is desmopressin, which is a form of synthetic vasopressin, and we remember from the beginning of the podcast that ADH is also referred to as vasopressin. With this treatment, we need to monitor for hyponatremia as desmopressin will cause an increased reabsorption of fluid and our patients can quickly become fluid overloaded and dilute out their serum sodium levels. We want to monitor for signs and symptoms of fluid overload, including edema, crackles in the lungs, wet cough, shortness of breath, and weight gain. In cases where the kidney is unable to respond to ADH, this is called nephrogenic diabetes insipidus, hormone therapy has little effect. And so rather in this case, we focus on dietary measures. So we want a low sodium diet and patients will often be prescribed thiazide diuretics. In addition to a low-sodium diet and thiazide diuretics, patients may also be prescribed indomethacin. And what this is, indomethacin is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug, and it helps increase renal responsiveness to ADH. Well, that is all for diabetes insipidus. Thank you all for being here to learn with me. Remember, you can always find me at Instagram handle Let's Review RN, where I do daily education tips and provide helpful posts on topics we talk about on the podcast. I'll be back to learn more with you next week. This podcast is for general information review purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine or nursing. The use of this information or any materials provided by Let's Review RN are at the user's own risk. This content is not intended to be a substitute for educational teachings through students' educational institutes or organizations.